Welcome to the Essay for FAs Retirement Advisor Podcast, a series that addresses issues of importance to financial advisors when dealing with the preeminent issue on their clients' minds, namely their desire for financial independence. I'm your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and today we're going to talk about the social and personal contributions to the retirement crisis. In her Reset Retirement podcast, economist and retirement expert Teresa Gilarducci discusses what she calls retirement shame, the blame people cast upon themselves for their failure to have saved enough for retirement. She and other public policy analysts stress their view that there is no shame in having saved too little for retirement because the problem is not only a personal one but a societal one. Amplifying this point in her Forbes column, Gilarducci discusses the two aspects of this problem, society's responsibility and the personal difficulties and shame experienced by two people who encountered financial difficulty. First is Archer, a 64-year-old retired English professor who has saved just $100,000, apparently more than much of the population, but less than what financial advisors recommend. Archer regrets his financial foolishness and the callowness of youth, his words. In contrast, Gilarducci cites 52-year-old nonprofit administrator Barbara, who was taught as a child to save something from every paycheck and did well until divorce and job loss in quick succession caused her to consume nearly all of her savings. But Barbara got another job and regained control of her finances. This is an interesting issue, and I want to stress that what follows is my take on it, not Gilarducci's. First, the societal issue. I agree with Gilarducci that society has a role in shaping conditions that can make it harder or easier to retire. I lean toward the view that society makes it harder to prosper economically, and it is critical to understand why if we are to fight against this trend. The reason may be that supply and demand, the core principle of economics, is stacked against us in the urbanized and industrialized world of modern man. In farm-based villages, there is not a lot of difference between one home and another, or one person's food and that of another. There is no Beverly Hills region of the community and no fancy restaurants. But herded into a city, despite the higher incomes and vastly greater opportunities, space is tighter, products abound, the miracle of modern marketing boosts demand and a herding instinct kicks in. People scramble in the direction of the herd for the best home, cars, schools, and other products and services, and higher and even rising incomes find no shortage of opportunities for expenditure. This is all a long-winded description of the concept of keeping up with the Joneses. It may well be this dynamic that made it hard for Archer to save, perhaps especially as a professor. He would likely have been influenced by the generally high lifestyle standards of that profession, and even as his income rose throughout his career, there would have been no shortage of consumerist aspirations within his milieu. Obviously, not every professor succumbs to this. Two professor friends, both teaching in the same prestigious university, come to mind. One lived in a very nice home in a very nice area, but showed me a photo on his iPhone of the extremely nice home in the extremely expensive area he started building once his career took off. His colleague enjoyed a much more modest home in a much more modest area. The difference here is that one went with the flow in a culture that is quite materialistic, whereas the other was a rarity in resisting it. 
That clearly is the case in Gilarducci's description of Barbara, who exhibited a quite old-fashioned commitment to saving something out of every paycheck, a value that has been by and large neutered by contemporary society's reliance on credit. It is very, very hard to resist the values of the surrounding society, but it is nevertheless imperative that advisors make discussion of these issues explicit. That is because whether the nation's pension system is correctly devised or not, whether we lobby for change or not, whether it's fair or not, at the end of the day, we only have our own resources to fall on. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast useful, consider passing it on to one other advisor. Also, feel free to contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com if you have feedback or requests.